think immigrants bring a lot of great skill sets. Um, they always have. I think Canada's really um, benefited from that. For and I think this, you know, we should continue to make sure that the immigrants of today are given the opportunities that, that immigrants in the past have had. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Fresh Start Podcast, a show where we share success principles, explore the stories, experiences, and journey of real people in order to provide newcomers with strategies to succeed. My name is David Ojenka. Today's show is the part two of Winning Against All Odds with Gaurav Upadhyaya. If you haven't heard part one yet, go back and listen to it. That is the episode right before this because you need that for context. Now, let's dive right into part two of Winning Against All Odds with Gaurav Upadhyaya. Um, I would like to hear a story about a personal failure or a mistake you've made in the past. What did you learn from it? How did you overcome that, that failure? And what are the lessons you, you got from it? And um, what advice would you like yeah. to pass across to us? Well, you know, again, it's interesting. Like if I think about it, like I can think of things that, I've, you know, there've been mistakes or errors or issues, you know, I mean, I've certainly made a few in my personal life and I've done, you know, uh, some things from, you know, uh, we even had a recent thing at work where something, you know, there was, there was a mistake where, you know, really, really should have paid attention to it and, and uh, was in my team. But, you know, without getting too much in the specifics of one, what I would say is that, again, when I think back on it, I just, I don't tend to dwell on those things. I feel, I, I really do feel like they can kind of eat you up, you know? So I try mm-hmm. to move, like what I try to do, but I do try to learn from the past. So mm-hmm. I don't want to get it wrong. Like, not that I don't think about my errors or like I really do. And I, but, but I try to just deal with it really quickly. Mm-hmm. Like I'm very much like, okay, this has happened. All right. Like I can, mm-hmm. I can visualize a couple of things. It's like, I'm like, all right, this happened, you know, and I got to take ownership for it. You know, it's like, yeah, that was my fault. You know, mm-hmm. like uh, one time I drove through a, a light i don't know what happened but it was just my my i was sure the light changed it was it was late at night and i was in deep in thought and i think i just you know and but you got to just take ownership for it that was that was me you know i made there i should have thought it about it um i didn't and you just so first to me is you take ownership and own up to it you know don't mm-hmm. i don't try to blame other people like i'm like yeah should have you know we should have thought about it yeah and if you're a leader I think it's important that as a leader, you take ownership for something, even if it was done by somebody else in your team, you know, mm-hmm. you're the leader for a reason, you know, in your, you know, you delegate a responsibility, you got to take ownership for it. Um, second of all, I, I try really hard to figure out what the root cause of it is. Like, why did it happen? Was it just a lapse of judgment? Was it because, um, you know, because we weren't concentrating, whether the process was wrong, like figure out the root cause, you know, because, I think sometimes you can just talk about the superficial thing, mm-hmm. but that's not, you know, and then, and then take action. I think you've got to take action. I think all the intentions in the world um, don't mean anything to anybody. Like, I think um, I can think of one or two things where I think, you know, if you just say, okay, well, I, I don't plan to do it again, you know, like, okay, well, you probably didn't plan to do it in the first place, you know, <laughs> like it wasn't, it was an accident or it was a mistake. It wasn't because of intention. It was because, something went wrong right so I, I think you know you take ownership you um 
really try to figure out the root cause and then you got to take action and you got to take action and the people you've done something wrong to or mistake have to see that you've taken action that you have contrition mm -hmm. uh, sometimes you have to pay the price you know you have to you have there has to be um there has to be something so somebody can see that you are genuinely um regretful right and mm -hmm. uh but that's usually through actions not words i think too often it's like like words are so cheap right like somebody just says oh i'm sorry like mm -hmm. okay well Okay, <laughs> you know, all right. Well, you know, what does that do? You know, like, like, like words are cheap. You got it. You got it. You, you, the really way showing intention to say, you know, I'll take some action. I'll, I'll try and fix this. I'll do something for you. Or if I can do it for you, I'll change the process. And I'll tell you, I changed the process. I'll come back and show you it's changed. And that's how you know I'm, I'm going to try and make sure it doesn't happen again. So whether it's personal, um, like anything examples, whether it's personal or, or professional, I, I think those are the main, main elements I've tried to follow. And then I, once I'm past it, I just move on. I don't, uh, I don't try and spend a lot of time having regrets about things. So let's talk about where you are now in your career before we go into talking about immigrants. Mm -hmm. Because as a first generation immigrant and you know, a visible minority, did you ever think you would rise to this level in your career? That's a good question, David. I, and, I, and to be honest, I, I know. <laughs> I think, you know, when I started my career, I, I was very much focused on just, as I've always said, like just really trying to make sure that I just get, my, get some independence, you know? So I wanted to make sure I made enough money uh, so I could, you know, um, live on my own and manage my own, um, you know, um, you know, I could take care of myself and my family. Um, you know, I didn't even imagine for a long time that I, whether I'd get married or, or have kids or anything like that. I did, you know, I just focused on trying to make sure that I, I just was moving forward, you know, if moving forward in terms of um, getting, uh, you know, getting that establishment. And, and in fact, most of my career, I've actually made most of my decisions just on things like that. Like I, you know, people would ask me early on, like, are you, uh, you know, do you want to be a CFO or do you want to be a general manager or a head of product or something? And I'm like, yeah, they all sound good. I just, I just want to, I just want to keep growing. And that's been always my guiding mm -hmm. light has just been, am I doing stuff that I feel like I'm growing mm -hmm. and moving forward or am I moving backwards? Mm -hmm. And I just never wanted to move backwards. And I think, you know, this like a lot of growth sometimes just happens from just, you know, you're just trying to keep moving forward. And over a long period of time, you you look back and say, "Man, I I, I actually went a long long distance," <laughs> but, but it wasn't sure sheer sort of like I'm gonna get to in any particular spot. I I honestly think um, I I remember this one lady I reported to. Mm -hmm. uh, I was think uh, she was very she was a very direct person, mm -hmm. and uh, she um, gave me. Uh, so she would give me good advice, but she never like give me a written PA and stuff, right? She would never write down anything, you know. But she would, but right after meetings and various things, she'd just give me very good, good direct feedback. Um, uh, but I knew she kind of cared about me, which is important, you know. It's like it's good to get direct feedback, but it's it's important to know the person is doing it because they care. And so I remember one time she said to me, I was an AVP and been AVP for a couple of years and assistant vice president. And then she said, you know, you should just work a bit more on your communication skills and um in a couple of things and uh and you know i think you should, you should apply to be a vp and i was like i was kind of blown away i was like really <laughs> you know it was funny you know in some ways you think well of course that would be the next level after you've been assistant <laughs> vice president but i thought getting to assistant vice president was a 
was a big, big thing, right? So mm-hmm. I've been at System Vice President for a while, but I hadn't even thought too much about getting to that next level. And so when she said that, you know, I, I, you know, I felt that click in my head. I'm like, yeah, she's right. Like, why can't I, you know, it's like, I've always had this in my head. Like, you know, whenever I think of stuff, I say to myself, like, if others can do it, why can't I, you know, again, you have to have mantras, you know, when you're able to try and move yourself forward, right? The, one of my, my mantras is, is, is that, you know, whenever I'm not sure, like I said, like I always say to myself, there's a thousand reasons not to do something. So you might as well go ahead. Another one in my head is usually, you know, it's like, it's like, if they can do it, why can't I? Cause I, I think if you don't think that way, I think it's very easy to kind of think, well, that's for them. And, but I don't fundamentally feel like, I think people are just different. I don't think anybody's better than anybody else. It's just mm-hmm. different skills and things. Right. So, mm-hmm. so I always remind myself, I'm like, and I said to myself, yeah, like, why can't I, you know? And so next year I applied to be <laughs> like, there was an opening and uh, there was a bit of a shuffle mm-hmm. and, and I applied and somebody said, well, you know, you, you, you probably can't, can't be that because they don't want to actually in that role. They want an accountant. There'll be a big, big issue. And I'm like, okay. But then, um, this, this sponsor or mentor of mine who I met, uh, I mentioned earlier, um, who I'd, um, who I'd met when I was getting recruited and had been a bit of a mentor, he heard that I was looking and uh, reached out to me and said, Hey, listen, I, I'm looking for a person in this particular role and you'd probably be really good. Um, and in fact, it wasn't reporting directly to him, but he was, he, it was in the merger and acquisition team. He wanted somebody very technical that he was comfortable with. Mm-hmm. He said, want, you know, how about that? And I'm like, okay and so that's how i became vp you know <laughs> yeah so it's um and even my current role it sort of came about because a former head of uh, john hancock became the, the ceo of forces financially reached out and then said you know he was looking for a senior actuary and um you know if i'd want to join and it sounded good um and so i joined and uh you know it's just sort of organically led me to where i am now wow uh, so i don't really I don't really plan it in some kind of master plan. I just, if I like the adventure um, and I feel like I'm moving forward, I'm, I'm I, you know, I'll just kind of go for it. But I definitely, I, I'm sure if you asked me a long time ago, I would not have, you know, thought that, um, you know, I'd become, you know, a, a senior executive. Wow. That's impressive. So basically doing quality work, building quality relationship, giving it your best, and also having people who genuinely care about you is very, very important. It has, it has shown in your story. So let's talk about, let's quickly talk about immigrant and we'll go to the, um, to the end of our conversation. Now, you spoke about how your dad struggled to get a job in his field in Canada. It's happened many years ago. And I'm sad to tell you that that is still the reality of a lot of immigrants. A lot of immigrants come to Canada with hopes, aspirations, dreams for a better life. But unfortunately, some people don't get a job that is commensurate to their skill set. So let's talk about that. Because Canada is such a diverse place, but corporate Canada doesn't reflect the population of Canada. People often say immigrants are the bedrock of this nation. What unique value do you think immigrants to Canada bring and help to shape our culture? Yeah, th- thanks, David. I mean, Canada has been shaped by immigrants from, you know, just from the start, you know. So essentially, you know, the, there's the indigenous population of Canada and uh, 
and everybody who came after them has <laughs> been an immigrant, right? And it's been successive waves of immigration from French and English and, uh, you know, whether it be Italian, Polish, Portuguese, uh, you know, I live in an area that has a number of people, Italian or Greek background. Um, and then there's like, you know, the Asian and uh, people from Africa and other parts of the world. So, I mean, the country, country has been shaped by different ways of immigration from whenever. And I think they've always been a bit of tension, right? Each successive mm -hmm. people who come, you get established. And then, you know, the next wave that comes, you know, seems a little different, maybe, and has a hard time. I think, um, so in some ways, I think this is a, a continuous, and I don't think it'll necessarily, um, you know, I think there's, there's always a certain amount of tension in that. Um, but immigrants, I think, in Canada really brought you know, first of all, inherently, a lot of them are risk takers. I mean, I think about my father, mm -hmm. <laughs> and I'm just like blown away. Like, he was very successful in India. Uh, he was successful, and he took a chance, right, and to come here so that he could forge a better life. And, you know, he was built to, you know, he, he became very successful in India and in Africa and everything else. And same with my mom, because they worked hard. Like, they were, they were, they had a strong work ethic, you know? Mm -hmm. And they didn't get to where they were in other places because they, you know, they were lazy or anything. They they had a strong work that they combined with the ability to take risk. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, they, and a lot of immigrants, when they come to the country, bring a lot of those same kind of skill sets. You know, they're, they're curious, you know, they're, they're, um, they're, they have some, some desire and ability and willingness to take risks on themselves. Mm -hmm. uh, they have a lot of skill sets. You know, a lot of the points and other systems in Canada for immigrants is all based on having, you know, bringing a lot, lot, lot of skills, right? Because if you mm -hmm. don't have them, you don't get to come in. Um, and, and the people who come in as refugees, perhaps, and stuff like that, they've also often taken, you know, amazing amount of risk and, and hard work to get to get just get to the country. So, mm -hmm. you know, th there's a lot to be offered by that. I would say one of the things I've always, you know, I've noticed that I would say about myself and uh, I, I would say a lot of disabled people, for example, is that I think we often also have a great ability to solve problems. Like, like if you're a disabled person, a lot of times just like doing simple things can get really complicated and you mm -hmm. have to think about it. You have to think about how do I, how do I navigate some place to solve a problem, you know, and that kind of mindset of saying, okay, I can, you give me a problem. I'll try and find a solution that that's very valuable for any company right like like there's no end of new problems to be solved and people who are able to solve them so i think i think immigrants bring a lot of great skill sets um they always have i think Canada's really um benefited from that for and i think this you know we should continue to make sure that the immigrants of today are given the opportunities that that immigrants in the past have had thank you and how do you think that's this narrative of underemployment can be changed for immigrants. Well, I think I think a lot of Canadian companies have to uh, give people more, take more for risk in in a sense, or take more for chance. I think um, I think often I've seen people just discount uh, university degrees or designations from countries they don't know. Uh, mm -hmm. Sometimes it's been you know like you'll see somebody and they won't. You know, look, I've seen it, um, you know, where they'll be looking at resumes and they'll see somebody from a university in China, they don't know what it is, and they just kind of discount it compared to just any, 
any university in Canada, you know? And I'm like, I don't know what that university in China is, but there may be more people who applied, you know, to that program mm -hmm. in, in China. It, it could be one of the top universities, you know, and there's probably like, you know, tens of thousands of people who may have applied to that program because of the size of China compared to, you know, but they just discounted because we don't know. It's like, yeah. they don't know it, so it doesn't exist almost, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think companies uh, have to get more, um, more educated and I think they are getting there, but I think I think more programs that can be put to help companies understand what foreign designation and uh, um, foreign universities. Uh, and then I think there's a bit of a mind shift, right? Like, mm -hmm. um, I'll give you an example. I, I had a, um, I have a really amazing uh, executive assistant. You know, and she, when she applied, um, I just joined forces. I was just a month in and she was, a, and she had come to Canada, then a, um, a master's at, uh, at a Canadian university and an MBA. So, she, you know, she did have a Canadian designation and everything, but she was totally unemployed where she was previously, uh, just doing some office um, kind of uh, office management work, like just very, uh, just, just doing a little bit of everything. And she really wanted to get into a financial company um, but she didn't have experiences in EA, but I could tell, and I, and, and she was competing with another lady who had lots of experiences in EA and, you know, myself, and, uh, I talked to another EA in my, my company, and we really had to make a decision as to whether we would take a chance on her. And I felt, you know, again, this wasn't a big risk. She's very educated, just hadn't the experience in the Canadian context. But so I so I asked this other EA and I said to her, seeing baby, and I said to her, if I hire her, would you be willing to mentor her? Mm -hmm. Because I'm just brand new to the company. I, I can't help her. Mm -hmm. Now, if this lady had said no, I would have gone with the other person probably because I wouldn't be able to teach her how to be AEA. But when this other lady said yes, yeah, she'd be willing to, I was like, I'm willing to take a chance on her. And she's been amazing, you know, she learned very quickly and mm -hmm. she's been, a, a, and I think that's what we need more companies to take a risk on people. Sometimes the risk is actually not as much as they think. And sometimes it just needs somebody to help, help them, you know, understand the Canadian context or understand the company and then they'll be flying, you know, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and if we can just help companies get over that little hurdle at the beginning on the hiring, um, I think, I think a lot more uh, immigrants could get you know, a job that's much more suited to their skills and, uh, and, and ambitions. Mm -hmm. Thank you for that. I really, really, um, I really, really appreciate that. And thank you for giving that young lady an opportunity. Thank you for taking a chance on her. Um, yeah. That's, that's really, that speaks very, it speaks a lot about your character, your personality, and, um, you know, your kind-heartedness. So thank you for that. Um, great, 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 great job. And thank you for, for showcasing um, what leadership means to all of us. Um, so let's, let's talk about how can companies showcase the value that immigrants had rather than take? Yeah, I think companies, I think the more and more, what I'm really excited about, I've been on the board of SN Canada for the last uh, maybe five, six years. I think uh, I've also done more work at our company around um, diversity and inclusion, and I think it really comes to making our our companies more in, more inclusive workspaces, places where people can feel comfortable uh, being themselves, uh, bringing the whole you know taking risks, and then and then taking on 
you know, the kind of responsibilities that they can really, they should be able to aspire to, and then they can really make a strong difference, bringing their own perspective. So, I mean, take a city like Toronto, it's like 50%, you know, of Toronto's visible minorities, you know, uh, people are not just workers, they're also clients of companies, they're parts of partners, they're part of the supply chain. We in Canada are very plugged into the global, you know, into your global supply chains, uh, you know, a global market. Um, there's so much stuff that people can bring to the job uh, from the, you know, by being true and and um, and authentic to their own character. If you're if you're uh, you know a person like if you're a Muslim, for example, you know, a huge part of the population is Muslim, and and the things that matter to people that culture. I just heard a great podcast about um, uh, how Frito Lay. Um, you know, has this, um, the, the, the really hot, um, Cheetos mm -hmm. and that was, you know, that idea for it, which I didn't realize came from a guy who was, who was a janitor. Yeah. He took some of the, the, the unflavored home and his wife and they came up with, he never got fully credited, although he did eventually, you know, through his ambition and, and hard work, you know, did end up becoming a vice president at Pepsi and has written books and stuff. So he did, but they didn't officially ever recognize him, but like he just created this massive product for them, you know, uh, and, and opened a whole massive line, right? Because, you know, he was true to who his own experience, right? And he was true. Um, and, you know, that shouldn't be like an exception, you know, that we really should get to a point where people can, um, you know, uh, bring their whole selves. I mean, for a lot of teams, like my team, in a more technical area, a lot of them are made up of actually Asians. Well, I think my team, I would say, of all the actual risk people we have, you know, out of 60 people, maybe 50 are Asian. Mm -hmm. Many, most, um, you know, are, are almost all our first or gen second generation. Mm -hmm. And um, our ability to use the mass amount of expertise and skills there uh, to the full potential, um, you know, requires, you know, companies to really uh, be a lot more inclusive and if they are the you know the value that that um, you know that people can bring is is um, you know immeasurable um, mm -hmm. um so what, what advice would you give to yourself as a young man making his way through corporate canada if you like if you have to sit down with your younger self what advice would you give to yourself? well you, you know i think i covered most of the stuff that i i found really worked well um you know, so, you know, in terms of, you know, focusing on, on, on getting lots of different experiences and taking some risks, you know, mm -hmm. making sure that I, um, making sure that I, I build relationships and, and that, you know, get some expertise so that I'm kind of known for something that, and, and that gives me confidence knowing that I'm good at something. And, you know, so those are the things that I would, I think those are the things that work for me. I would just, you know, encourage myself to do it earlier. Um, you know, I'd probably also tell myself to go on more dates because I probably you know, should have had more of that. But, 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 but uh, you know, all joking aside, I, you know, maybe I wouldn't even say that because the one thing I would say is that um, I think I alluded to this earlier is I don't tend to think a lot about changing the past because I know you can change the past. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm just really feel fortunate of what, what I got. Um, you know, I was very fortunate to have met my wife when I was 24. So, you know, even if, as I say, maybe go on more dates, I probably wouldn't because I wouldn't want to to risk the chance that I wouldn't have met her, you know? So I think, you know, if, um, but I, I, I think um, I, am, I do feel very fortunate that, uh, you know, my life shaped out uh, as, as kind of well as it did, uh, both on the personal and professional level. So 
Um, I just hopefully do more of what I did, just maybe start a bit earlier and a bit faster. Great. So um, imagine sitting across a newcomer or immigrant. What advice would you give to them to navigate their journey? And how can they showcase their unique the unique experiences that they bring to the workplace? Well, there's, you know, it depends a bit on if I'm sitting across a newcomer who's looking for a job or trying to get into a, a, a company, I would I would really encourage them to make sure that when they apply, they can to try and give enough context mm -hmm. so that people understand what the message and the story that they're trying to give. So if you if you've done some really great work for a really great company in another part of the world, mm -hmm. but you know, don't assume that just by mentioning that company's name that somebody here actually knows what you're talking about. Like, so you have to maybe get that context. This is the leading telecom company in that you know, country, or, you know, this was a major bank or, you know, uh, you know, give them that, help them build a bridge for what mm -hmm. they need in the job here mm -hmm. through your experience in the past. Mm -hmm. And anything that you can help build that bridge and understanding mm -hmm. so there isn't that gap, uh, is the risk because that's the biggest thing is people often feel there's a bit of risk now if you're in a, in a job i would say um the main thing i would say is um try to try to try to think a bit and get feedback as much feedback as you can um i gave a talk last year on on this concept called radical tender and it really focuses on having timely direct feedback mm -hmm with a sense of caring so try and find people around you mm -hmm. and give you that feedback you know a mentor maybe a manager i mean most managers want you to succeed you know but if you're not confident with that then maybe another buddy somebody you know somebody and maybe you can give them feedback that can be a mutual exchange of some kind right but try and find people that you can get that feedback so you can find because the biggest issue i think again is this little differences maybe in communication style or stuff can 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 erode your confidence mm -hmm. it can make you feel like maybe i shouldn't speak up in a meeting or things like that but i think if you can build your confidence get the get the feedback so you can keep fine-tuning yourself um i think i think those are uh, those are some of the most important things i mean for me i would say one, one of the things i'll share that i used to do um is uh is that if I had a really important presentation, mm -hmm. or sometimes I had a tricky email, email can be tricky for tone, you know, you can say something and, and you want to get the tone right if it's tricky. But sometimes I would get my wife to read it. Now my wife's an artist, she's a, she's a painter. She has uh, almost zero interest in business or insurance or, or anything like that. But uh, if I made a presentation to her, right? She would mm -hmm. give me feedback. She'd be like, oh, that sounds a bit boring. I'm, I'm not sure, you know, you seem to be a bit lost in your messaging. Or she'd read an email and say, yeah, I think that sounds like that could be misinterpreted or something, you know? And um, and I would I would just fine tune it, right? It would help me fine tune. And I think it was very helpful to me. Um, so I would encourage people, if you're in a job and you want to keep, you know, growing and getting confident, like lean on some other people that you trust, maybe exchange help um, fine tune your communication, get feedback in a timely way from somebody who cares about you, and uh, hopefully you'll be very successful. Thank you for those gems that you dropped. Thank you for, for setting up the Upadia Family Indigenous Award at Queen's University. But I'm interested to know what motivated you to start 
Theopadia Family Indigenous Award at Queen's University. Yeah, thanks, David. So this is an award I created about um, five years ago. Um, you know, what really motivated me was, you know, again, it, you know, like a lot of things, my life has started with my parents. Um, my parents, after they did their businesses, and actually, uh, won't get into it, but they, the last business went under um, because uh, there was a lot of construction and they had this, um, this, this car wash gas station thing. And they were thinking what to do. My mom had met a lady who is a Métis uh, in, um, in Winnipeg uh, soon after she, we came to Canada. And she had joined the board of an organization, this lady had started called Teen Touch. It was a, it was a teenage helpline. And my mom was on the board for over a decade. This lady suggested to my parents that, you know, they'd raise me as a, you know, as a person with disabilities and uh, that maybe they could help some other children who were also in that sort of situation, especially from the indigenous uh, communities in, mm -hmm. in Manitoba. So my parents did that. And my mom actually always wanted a daughter. Uh, she had two boys and uh, she'd always wanted a girl. And so she thought, okay, well, this is good. I'll get it. And um, so it was a bit tough first couple of kids, um, you know, uh, some, you know, fairly fine needs kids. Um, but they did eventually end up uh, fostering. Um, my parents passed away about 10 years ago, but they actually ended up fostering quite a few, few children, including one girl that my mom, my parents had for almost um, over 10 years. Uh, and then another boy that my brother actually still takes care of. He was about 12 and now he's probably about 30, but um, kind of a high needs um, person. But my parents did a great job of, uh, uh, of making him actually as independent as he could be. Um, and so I kind of learned a bit about the indigenous um, peoples and their and the troubles through my my parents' involvement, and so I'd always said to myself, you know, I got some stock options when I became an officer at Manulife, and I thought, okay, if I ever get, if, I, if these ever work out, I should give some back. You know, I should give back to help. I should give some back, and I I decided I would um, I would give a scholarship, perhaps in my parents' name. Yeah. So, so yeah. So unfortunately I wasn't able to set it up before my parents passed away oh, wow. um, because, uh, uh, yeah, let me just, I'll just roll back a bit. Yeah. So I'd always told myself that if I, if I got some money uh, out of some of the stock options I'd been given when I was, uh, became an officer, I would, I would, I would create a scholarship in my parents, uh, in my parents' honor. Unfortunately, they passed away in 2010. And uh, in the financial crisis, all those stock options um, went under <laughs> deep into the water. Uh, later on, I did get some others. And then when I was leaving Manulife, um, it just coincided with my 25th anniversary from Queens. And, um, and some people in my class wanted to set up a scholarship. And so mm -hmm. I said to them, why don't we do it uh, for somebody of the indigenous or somebody disabled? Uh, they weren't actually that interested in doing that, but um, but they did connect me with the right people at the school. And I, my wife and I decided that, you know, this would be the right time. Mm -hmm. um, and I really, you know, feel strongly that, you know, we're very fortunate as immigrants in this country. You know, in some ways, many of us come from countries that were colonized mm -hmm. by others. Um, and in a sense, by, you know, the people in Canada, the immigrants in Canada, whether you came a long time ago now, we're settlers in a land that was originally, uh, you know, um, settled by, by the indigenous, the people who, of, of this land. And I, I always felt it was very unfortunate that, um, you know, they don't have uh, the same kind of benefits of the land 
the practices of the Canadian government over many years has taken away much of the land, much mm -hmm. of the forces, much of the culture. So I've been trying to educate myself, um, you know, about the Indigenous people of North America or Turtle Island, as it's called. And I thought, you know, uh, that would be a good way to give back and, mm -hmm. and a part of my own reconciliation process with, uh, with you know, the people of the country. So, so that's why I created the, the scholarship uh, about five years ago. In, in wow, it's been a very interesting conversation. Thank you so much, um, Gara, for spending time with me today and for giving back. Um, through your story and through your journey. Um, finally, as you look back, what do you want to be remembered for? Um, thank you, David. Uh, well, you know, I think if I look on it, um, you know, after having had polio and had a lot of dis challenges, my disabilities also feel like I was, you know, blessed with a lot of uh, benefits, you know, uh, you know, right, as I say, my, my, you know, loving and caring parents, um, you know, the option to come to Canada, the, the great education and career uh, and mentorship um, that I've, I've enjoyed. Um, and, you know, most importantly, my, you know, awesome wife and, and kids, you know, which, you know, um, you know, bring me a lot of happiness. Um, they've all helped me sort of break through the bounds of, you know, sort of what was expected of me. Um, and in that same way, I, I, I really would like to help and uh, in, in some way be remembered, I guess, for helping others who also felt constrained or, or bounded by by the expectations or the constraints of uh, society. And so if I can help um, others become sort of more unbounded and achieve their own goals, you know, whether the, you know, it's people of color or, or women or people with disabilities or people from the LGBTQ plus sort of community or indigenous or any other kind of underrepresented group in, in corporate Canada, um, you know, I'm happy to, to to do my part, um, you know, to pass to pass it forward. You know, uh, it's some of the benefits that I feel I, I I was lucky to get. Thank you so much, Gaurav. Is there any other thing you would like to add to this to this conversation? No, this has been very interesting, David. I really, you know, thank you very much for this opportunity. You know, I, I find sometimes I learn a bit by myself by just talking about some of these issues. And, uh, you know, I'd love to kind of hear more, uh, you know, more from you and others in, in this community. I think it's a fantastic project that you and your uh, colleagues at Fresh Start uh, have been uh, doing. And I, I look forward to hearing hearing more about all the great work that you and your team uh, are doing. And if there's ways I can support you and others in the community, I'm I'm more than happy to do so. Thank you very much, David. Thank you so much, Gaurav. Um, I really, really appreciate this. And thank you so much for your contribution to the Fresh Start podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Fresh Start. If you enjoyed this episode, please share with someone you know and love. Please go ahead and subscribe on any platform you listen to your podcast. And also please take a moment to leave us a review because that would help us to reach more audience. Please follow us on Instagram and Twitter at freshstartorb. If you know any newcomer you think would be a good fit to interview for the podcast, we'd like to hear from you. Please go to www.thefreshstartorb.com to nominate someone. We appreciate you and remember, no matter how hard the past is, you can always begin again. Take care and have a great week.